Guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> I the would, Holy Spirit's back. I wish you had heard Paul. So let's dive on like in. Oh, look seconds. at that freestyle. Oh, look Whoa. at you go. <laughs> Y'all should have heard Paul as of like 10 seconds ago. Oh, I'm sure they did because I never turned my mic off. <laughs> I forgot to do that part when we stopped recording and had to come back. Oh, if you heard the snippet of Paul, <laughs> congratulations. So, on that note, we're going to dive right back in. We sure are. So, right where we I'll left just off. rewind everything. So, <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> what he's laid on my heart, and it's been, I've, I've heard it before, and I've seen it before, but really the past couple of weeks, he's really just kind of amplified the meaning in the scripture that I've never really caught. So, he's given me a little bit bigger of a revelation of what's really trying to be said in the scripture. And it it's something that I've I've been putting the scripture into practice. Yeah. And I've I've I feel like I've done a good job at times. But when I got this revelation over the past couple of weeks, it's like, mm, no, not really. No. <laughs> you can do a lot better. Um I had a lot of the traditional mindset and and it's something that where you see your parents or other couples in your life when you were younger, how they they treated each other and kind of things. So then it becomes that traditional set. And then you also get that kind of vending machine scripture where people pull what they want out of the scripture and leave the other part because it's not, it doesn't appease them. Who wants the Fritos when you can yeah, have the cool ranch? Exactly. So when me and my wife first got married, it was probably like six months after we got married, I had that traditional mindset so strong, the she's supposed to submit to every, and everything to me, but I left out the whole other part. So working 70 hours a week, I'd come home and laundry would be clean. It just wasn't folded. It was piled on the couch or the kitchen would have dishes in the sink and my food would be in the microwave. And I had that, I'm the man of the house, traditional mentality and kind of would start an argument. Well, then it would spark something bigger bigger so it drove a point to where a pair of unfolded socks in my living room almost cost me my marriage so then we sat down with pastors and they showed the scripture but they explained it in a different way than I had really yeah. ever read it and then just over the course of time since then you know me and my wife both have applied this and, and we've grown together and we've our love for each other's grown more our kids see it more and you know we've really started growing in, in the church a lot more. And it's, it's because really we started applying this, but then over the last two weeks, yeah, he just kind of hit me with it. And it was, it was something that not really, I thought I was doing a, an awesome job and I really, according to what he's given me, I really haven't. Yeah. Um, so we'll just go ahead and go into the scripture. It's Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. And I'll read it out in the New American Standard. So, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church. He himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, also, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. See, a traditional mindset, you pull that out. You yeah. forget about the other part that comes here. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and he gave himself up for them, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present him to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their, as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church." Because we are members of his body, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Yeah. This mystery is great, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Yeah. What, what I was, when I read that over the past couple of weeks, and he's kind of just each day kind of just showed me a little little something and the other day. Let's see, today's Wednesday, so Monday. Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. He really threw it down on me. And 
one of the one of the parts he gave me it was like one of those moments that just sat in the living room like the dumbfounded moment like you're a dummy like there's no way you could do that right now um so basically i mean we we must purpose ourselves to walk out the word to be the example of the household we're joined by a covenant with our wives just as we are with christ mm-hmm. we're made one with christ just as we are with our wives yep we shouldn't expect anything from them that we would not expect from ourselves. Get it. That's so good. So <clears throat> we should purpose ourselves not to try to change them, yep. but put on Christ and let our change shine on them and be the example. Yep. That's what being a leader is, is leading by example. Yep. Jesus gave his life for the church, so shouldn't we give our lives to our wives as well? That right there, we'll put a pin in that. This is bigger than just, just that, though. We'll translate into your workplace, into your social network, your, your shopping experiences, except everywhere you go, it'll have an effect. And that's where I was saying earlier in the other video before we got interrupted. This is something that will literally change, not just change you and your spouse, but your kids, your household, the schools, everything. It, it trickles down. And... It's, he broke it down in the four sections, and whenever I, he did it, I was just, I had never thought of it that way, but the way he broke it down was pretty much exactly how Jesus loved the church, how he prepared the church, and one of the first ways is, is that he loved with a sacrificial love. But when you look up a sacrifice, the definition is an act of slaughtering an animal or person or surrendering, surrendering a possession as an offering to God or to a divine or supernatural figure. So how do we love sacrificial, <coughs> sacrificially? We all would give our lives for our spouse. If somebody was to hold, have me and my wife as hostage and say, one of you's got to die, it's me. I love my wife that much, but that's not what he's talking about here. It's, it's, it's bigger than that. So it's, it's not one of those, well, I did it one time, we're good. No, it's a daily task, because what he's talking about is, are you willing to die daily for your spouse? Put your stuff down, kill your flesh daily to be able to put that love towards your spouse. That is, so to hold loosely to your preferences, so that you can cede to theirs. Let go of some of your dreams to help them fulfill theirs. You can't, if, if all you do is concentrate on your dreams, then are you really showing love for their interest? You're not, because you're putting yourself above them, which puts us in that selfish state, which is completely opposite of any kind of love that Jesus ever shared. I have caught myself doing that numerous times. It even, I mean, boils down to like the jealousy. Like a couple of weeks ago, when Jade went with Barrett to the river, when Jade first approached me with it, it was I was like defensive about it. I was given excuses of, oh well, we don't have the money for this, and you should drive. If you're gonna do it, you should drive because it would only cost this and this and this. But really, what it boiled down to, it was a jealousy thing because I felt as leader of the household. Because I've been there before. When you're in a room with 60 anointed men of God, that's a thick atmosphere. There's a lot of impartation that happens. So I felt, as a leader of the house, I was justified to be the one down there and bring it back. And one night, whenever I was watching the services, that's when he started throwing this on me. It was like, but if it's always you catching the impartations, it's always you catching yep. your dreams and worrying about growing your dreams. Yep then how, how does hers work out? Yep. So how does that make her feel that her stuff comes second best, but she's mine, so she's my first best Yeah. kind of thing. And I was just like, oh, huh. all right, well, you put it that way. Like, that's an immediately I feel dumb. Like, one of those, like Badger said, moments like, I'm, I'm going to go over here looking in the window. Like, that makes me feel like a yeah. complete idiot. So, like, it was something that immediately... And I had a lot of stuff going on that week. So after I got that, I was like, you know what? I am not doing anything to get in the way of her receiving what he's trying to get her to receive down there. I'm not going to talk to her about work 
I'm not going to talk to her about the kids not wanting to do this. Like, when she comes home, the house is going to be spotless. Mm -hmm. The car will be washed and spotless. There's not going to be anything for her to do when she gets home. That way she can rest and soak in everything that she's received. I even unpacked her suitcase for her, washed all the clothes that she had taken down there. George did the same thing. Because yeah. it's important. I was in the Philippines for two weeks. I know how it feels to come home from being gone from your family that long, receiving what you receive. Then the trip itself is exhausting. You're exhausted from like in the Philippines, helping minister, whether it was Ministry of Helps or me personally getting up there and speaking. And coming home, and then you've got luggage, you've got two weeks worth of dirty clothes, you got to try to catch up so the house isn't a mess because you've got people coming over and this and this. So I purposed myself to make sure I took care of all that mm -hmm. so that weight wasn't put on top of it. So then everything that she received, she could fully rest and soak in when she finally got home. And it made a huge difference. So that is that kind of an example of that sacrificial love. I put down what I really wanted to do because I'm telling you, as a as a husband, when the wife's gone for a week and it's just you and the kids, it would be nice and it's hectic. It'd been really nice just to go, you know what? Ah, I'll worry about the house later. Just kick up the feet, get some chicken wings, kids are asleep. Da -da -da. But I put that down because I knew how important it was for the the effect that the clean house, the than not having to come home and worry about having to do anything. I knew the effect that that would have with what had been received, and it would take it where it had already jumped a level, it would take it to a whole nother level. Well, and what are we talking about? Like, because here, what, what Paul's preaching is really, really good, and it's important for husbands to grasp, but what I think is important before, because I, like, I can tell in the spirit that there are people that are tuning in, mm -hmm. they're like, this is a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't, this is pastor stuff. Yeah. Um, this, this is marriage. Like marriage is a covenant mm -hmm. and it's a covenant between yourself and your spouse. And it's a covenant between the two of you and God together. Like when you enter into a marriage, it's a three part covenant between God, you and your spouse. And the enemy hates marriage. Like the devil hates marriage. So he tries to throw everything he can to break it, to make it fallible, to make it not work the way that it's supposed to work. And that's why you see so often wives, like I, I'll speak for the wives, like Paul's been speaking to the, uh, husbands. I know, and I dealt with this where I entered into a marriage and I did not want to submit. Like the very first verse that Paul just read us starts off with wives submit to your husband. And submission was something that I felt like I was pretty decent at with pastors. Um, but I didn't like to do it with George. And it came out of a fear of what happens in submission. Um, I didn't want to submit to him and have him tell me no all the time. Mm -hmm. And so that first year or so of being married was me fighting him pretty much every single step of the way because we were both growing in exactly what Paul is talking about. Husbands have a responsibility, but wives also have a responsibility. And so when you see in the world, like, I'm not saying that like caring about women is wrong, but like this super like hyper feminist movement where like women are the same as men and women can do I can do anything you can do better like all it's that stems from a lack of understanding the word of God and understanding true submission and authority because when your authority which Paul would be as the head of his household which my husband is as the head of my household if your husband Wives, if your husband is plugged into the Lord and if they're connected to the Godhead, then the authority that they're going to give you is love. Mm -hmm. And when you understand that true authority comes from a heart of loving you, that erases all fear of submitting. So the enemy tries to, well, you know what? You need to submit. That means you're not as important. Your calling mm -hmm. isn't as great. Husbands, you've got to dominate your wife. You've got to be the one in charge. You have to rule and reign. And mm -hmm. honestly, husbands don't have to do that. Wives that like all authority comes from God. So if he has called every single one of us according to his will and purposes, husbands and wives, then wives, you don't need to fear that you're less than your husband. You're different. Your roles are different. Mm -hmm. Husbands, authority comes from God. So you're not the overlord of your house. You're just a facilitator of the will of God in your home. 
But in order to be that facilitator, wives need to be the helpmate that they're designed to be. And until you truly, wives, until you get that down, you're not helping mm -hmm. your husband. And I'll, Paul's got stuff, so I'm not trying to interrupt him, but I just, I want everybody who's watching to truly understand this isn't something that's just for husbands. This is for marriages. This is mm -hmm. for your job, for your workplace. This is for your children. Like parents, you're not supposed to lord your authority over your children. You're supposed to be connected to the <coughs> Godhead. And one of the things that God told me as a wife, um, before I turn it back over to Paul, um, you, those of you who have watched this broadcast or who know me, like I'm, I'm not a shy person. Like I'm, I'm pretty bold in the things that I believe. And I know that the Lord has his hand on my life. I know the Lord has his hand on my husband's life. I know that there's a call and I'm, I'm in leadership positions. So there were one of the biggest things that I dealt with as a leader was submitting to George mm -hmm. because in my head, well, we're equals in this playing ground. Like we're equals when we are leaders in the church. So that means that we're equals at home. And I fought really hard for that like equality mm -hmm. position instead of honoring him. And I'm still growing in this. I haven't arrived. I'm not perfect. But one of the things that the Lord told me um, a couple months ago, and you were here, I don't, I think it was during impact. Pastor was talking about the anointing that's on the number two position. Like, do you remember when he was talking mm -hmm. about that? Um, he was talking about how the Lord had to force him to become a pastor and step into that number one leader position because the number two position is so anointed. Like the number two position has such a grace and a gifting on it. And the person who supports the number one, they're helping the, the person who's in that position of authority to receive the download from heaven that they need to lead together. Mm -hmm. So when I'm trying to be equal with George on an equal playing ground, I'm not helping him. I'm trying to rule with him. I'm trying to lead with him. But when I slip under and just submit myself to him and help him and pray for him and be the helpmate that Proverbs 31 talks about, and if we have time, We'll touch on it because it's important women to realize what you actually are created to do. But when you slip into that helpmate position, it allows the husband mm -hmm. to then hear from the Lord without trying to do your job for you. Mm -hmm. Your turn. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things I, too, I just really felt like the foundation was important. So people didn't skip <clears> over what you were saying and going to where a, a key part that'll, that really trickles down and affects your kids and how you discipline your kids too. Mm -hmm. And this is important for not just the husbands, but the wives too, is because mm -hmm. the word that he gave me was ferocious. Mm -hmm. We have to be ferocious towards our sins. Yeah. That way, then we can be gentle so toward good. them. That's great. So if we purpose ourselves to take that aggression out yep. on putting our sins down daily, yep. then now we can move in a gentle, loving way. Yep towards theirs and then also at the same time you're leading by an example yep so now your kids see that when you mess up you immediately drop to your knees you repent right there yep and your kids see that's how that's how it's done yeah that's how i don't so then it gets to the point you don't have to beat your kids yeah because now they see how the process works yep. how it's established to work so that's that's a important thing for the husband and the wife. Yeah. Because sometimes there's people where they're married and their husband or their wife's not a believer. But if you go in it and you, well, I'm a believer, yeah. and, da -da -da, and they see you mess up and you don't never correct yourself, well, then it's not going to change them. Yep. But if you purpose yourself to go, you know what? I messed this up. Yeah. I'm sorry. Da -da. Well, now that by you doing that and correcting yourself with the Lord, they see that and they see that love being poured out on you and it trickles down and affects them, which rolls through the whole household. And that's why I was saying this, once you grasp all of this, it, it don't just, yeah. it's not just for your spouse yeah. or your kids or your household. It goes everywhere because when yeah. you make this a daily habit, it's a habit. Yeah. That's a habit that walks out of your house with it yep. and carries it to where you go to Walmart or McDonald's drive through and they mess your cheese up on your cheeseburger. They're oh, well. having a bad day. Yep. Like, it's okay. Yep. Like, and this is one of those big pills for me to swallow because I'm one of those people. Like, if I'm right and I feel justified, I feel like I should. But I've really, in the past couple of weeks, had to put this down. And yeah. this is where also 
and husband, this is something the husbands need to realize. Just because your wife's supposed to submit to you, it also tells us that we submit to one another as Christians. So sometimes your wife walks in something a little stronger than you do, and sometimes the best thing you can do Check is it. zip the lips, Check submit it. to what she's stronger in, and let them do, show you. I had to do that the other week. It's, it's an important thing, because if I would have, even though I was justified in every aspect from it was me personally, it was my business, if I would have done it the way that I am, with I know this is something that I'm not strong in, I would have injected so much negativity into yeah. it. But by me submitting to something that my wife walks in stronger than I do, yep. love was showed into it and the problem pretty much dissipated. Yep. So that's the key. We also submit to one another as yeah. Christian and Christian. Your wife walks with Christ. Guess what? She's a fellow Christian. That means you also have to submit to her sometimes. Yeah. That's a thing that I think a lot of us have traditional mindset when we get in that positional part. Yep. But we forget that that other part where it talks about position too. Right. So that's a that's an important thing to realize. And it, it's also something that can help the wives too. The, well, it's not just there they talk about submitting, it's here. Yeah. And that's not just to your husbands, that's to your pastors. That's that's to you know, Susie that sits on the pew in front of you. Susie that that she's a fellow Christian. Yeah. So sometimes sometimes it's not just you that has all the advice. Sometimes it's somebody else too. And that's why it's really important to be in tune with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and let him tell you, hey, look. No, she's right on this. You should probably just zip the lips, yeah. throw away the key, and get quiet for a minute. Well, and one of the things that Paul just said um, reminded me of the verse where it's talking about it's the goodness and kindness of God that leads men to repentance. So one of the verses that, for me, like anger was a big thing when we got married that I needed to get rid mm-hmm. of. And in Proverbs 15, 1, it says, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. And then later on in Proverbs, it says that kind words are like honey. And so, so often, especially when you get married, like it's, y'all, if you're watching and you're newly married and you're not, you don't have a pastor, go find one, mm-hmm. like go get one. Because I can <laughs> say like confidently that if George and I had not been submitted and planted, that down the road, we would have gotten divorced just because when you're married, like it's two worlds coming together Mm -hmm. and your world is not perfect. Their world is not perfect. And together you need to learn how to work in a covenant Mm -hmm. to go toward God. And so, so often that first year, you know, it's learning how to communicate. It's learning. It's okay if the towels are folded differently than how you did it. Mm -hmm. It's okay if dishes are done differently than how you do them. It's okay to make plans with friends. It's okay to stay home. It's Mm -hmm. like you're learning how to operate together. And so often you end up pitted against each Mm -hmm. other because the enemy is stupid and he's crafty. And so it's, they're really bothering me today. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word, if George says one mm-hmm. more thing to me about doing these dishes, I'm going to punch something. Mm-hmm. And y'all, like, we were joking about it earlier. Like, it, we said it on the last broadcast, Paul and I are not married to each other. We're married to other people. Paul and I are very similar people. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like Jade, like he said, I went to uh, Florida with Jade last a couple weeks ago, and she would just make comments of, you and Paul are so similar <laughs> and George and I are so similar. Like we're polar opposites from our spouses. Like mm-hmm. we really are. But what was really important to understand for me is that our hearts were the same. Mm-hmm. Like we approach stuff very differently. Like George is very methodical and very detail oriented. I'm neither of those things um, <laughs> yet, but our hearts the same. Like we want the same mm-hmm. things. We want the kingdom to expand. We want the Lord to work through us, and we're bringing good intentions. Well, that's why it's important to realize too that He's placed you together for a right. reason. Right. Because if both of your strengths were the same, mm-hmm. would you be a complete? Mm-hmm. Because you don't walk strong in every aspect. No. Nope. There, every there's areas where you're weak in, and I guarantee you, if you sit down and think about it, your spouse, the areas that you're weak in, is probably. Where their strength is. Yep, Mine sure. is, my temper is one of my weak spots. Jade is a very passive person. I don't have, empathy is not my strong part. That is one of her very strong characteristics. Yeah. Where I'm, that's why we always, we're, 
you're put, that's why the espouse that you have is that it's so important. That God puts it that together. That God puts it together because yeah. he designs it that way. Yep. So then guess what? I can't move up a level until I get strengthened in certain areas. Yep. Guess who's there to strengthen you in those areas to move you to another yep. level? They Your are. spouse. For sure. That's why it's important to grow together yeah. and walk together. And like I was saying, sometimes it's not all about your dreams. No. It's about your spouse's dreams too because you can't, put it this way, if you're standing at the top of the staircase and you're walking up together, your spouse stops walking, you're at the top, you've got to, now she can't get up there, he can't get up there. Is it easier to throw them a rope and pull them up the stairs yeah. or is it easier to walk up the stairs with your arm around them and help them be the be that extra like crutch yeah. to kind of help them take the next step. Which one's easier? It's easier to go step by step with each other and take on a little bit of the weight yeah. than to be at the top and try to pull all of the dead weight. Well, you think about it too, like you're yoked together. So if you're yoked together, then you're pushing together. Mm -hmm. And you, like if Paul would just, or I won't say, I'll use me. If I was just so focused on my dream and my destiny, destiny and what the Lord's just called me individually to do, and I cared nothing about George, like I didn't pour love into him, I didn't support him, I didn't validate him, I didn't respect him, I didn't help him, then I would bulk myself up mm -hmm. and he would just be over there without me having poured anything into him. Like you can only go as high as like think of it like a balloon like you may be inflated with mm -hmm. the power of God and the amazingness of God but if you're if you're attached to something that's weighty you're not going to fly as yep. high but when your spouse is inflated and they're also full of the Holy Spirit and they're going after God then together you can go to heights that you wouldn't have gone to before but it's together like together you will raise higher quicker faster mm -hmm. stronger that 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 <laughs> anyway we'll leave that every time <laughs> so then you get to the next kind of love that that Jesus showed the church and it was it was a sanctifying love yeah so when you break down that definition, to set apart as or declare holy, yep. consecrate, to make legitimate or binding by a religious sanction, free from sin, yep. purify. Yep. So remember this, your spouse is set apart for God first. Yep. Let that sink in for a minute. Set aside for God first. That's a gift from God to you. Yep. How are you going to handle a gift that God gives you? Right. Are you going to use it to its full capacity? Well, if you're going to use it to its full capacity, then you need to keep it with you. Right. Not damage it. Right. So that means you have to love on it, which means it's interest. It's if you got a toy, if I gave my son a toy and I didn't give him the batteries, is that going to be any good? Is that right. toy any good? No, I got to I got to help supply the battery. You have to help supply. So our job is to be able to draw out our spouse's gifts, mm -hmm. their talents, their interests. Yep. That way they can do the good works to others. Yep. And then guess what? That glorifies God. Yeah. So guess what happens then? Now when you go into your workplace, they see something different yep. on your spouse because of how you've decided you were going to treat them and help raise them up and draw the things out that are inside them that they might not see. Mm -hmm. But when you start loving in that that manner, it starts drawing those things out to where then people see them and they become tangible for yeah. people that are around them. So for instance, like Jade, something that's changed in her workplace, she had a testimony the other week. She had a lonely come this is a bank. She had a lonely come through. She went ahead, had it wasn't approved yet, went ahead and had the closing date and everything on a loan. Boss says, Well, what are you doing here? You've got a closing date. It's all right. God's got this. It's gonna come through. A couple hours later, guess what? It came through. She already had a closing date. Loans don't happen that fast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why? Because yeah. we've started to establish yeah. this. So then that favor's there because guess what? She's set apart yeah. for God. So yeah. now she's starting to realize the things that she's got in her that she can pull into manifestation. Another instance in her workplace, there's a lady that they've been trying to hire. They've been looking to hire somebody. She done the interview. She said, this lady's the one that hired. Well, it comes out, there were some... Uh, citizenship issues going on. Her boss is like, well, we done wasted this and this and this and this, you know, and Jay was like, it's okay, God's got this. Guess what? 
Everything worked out. Mm -hmm. She's going to be working with the company. She knows where her rest comes from because these are things that we've grown in together yeah. and we've learned about together and we've stepped up in together. Yep. So then now we can pull those gifts out of each other when, when need to be and it affects your workplace. And yeah. now the people in her workplace see it and they're like, well, there's something different. Like yeah. that would not have worked for me. What, what is, why is that working for her and not me? Yeah. So then guess what? Questions get drawn. Now that person figures it out. They start learning, they take it to their household. Their households are figuring out, well, the people they hang out with now get affected. Yep. That's how I was saying this doesn't just affect you and your spouse. It can seriously, when you apply this daily, can affect your whole entire community, your county, your state. This is, this is the kind of love that we're called to walk in and change the world. Well, and Paul's talking about sanctifying, and sanctifying is cleaning, it's cleansing. And y'all, I'm not just speaking in like religiosity right now. Like you can tell the marriages where there's not sanctifying going on in the household. Mm -hmm. Like you can see it on a person. Um, the marriages where you're just constantly at each other's throats and we're arguing. And I say this because George and I were that couple for like a year and two months. Like that's what our first year and two months of marriage was like, just bickering. And you can see it, like you could see it on us. Like we'd come in and we'd put on a good face, mm -hmm. but it was like a weight and it was heavy and it was a burden but when things change and all of a sudden like that intimacy comes back in and you're reset back to the way that mm -hmm. god designed it then the the image that you're portraying is what god intended it to be like marriage is supposed to be a picture of christ's love for us so mm -hmm. when you're married how you interact, like wives, how you interact with your husband. This is something that the Lord told me one day when I was being a particular butt to George. Um, I was feeling really justified in my actions, actually, and I was pretty pretty pleased with myself because I had I told him, and the Lord, like, I, I remember clear as day, I'm sitting there, and the Lord was like, would you say to me what you just said to George? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, no, I done messed up. Nope, I wouldn't. And he's like, everything you're saying to him, you're saying it to me. Mm -hmm. Everything you do to him, you're doing to mm -hmm. me. Every single thought you're thinking about him, you're thinking about me. How you are acting is what you're doing to me. And I remember crying and calling Pastor Nicole and then going to George. And I'm not saying I had it down right there in that moment. Like, again, you grow in this mm -hmm. stuff. We haven't this... arrived. Our marriages aren't perfect, but no. we're striving. Like, mm -hmm. we're going after it. You can see a difference from where me and my wife started yeah. six years ago. That's crazy. Six years. Right? Six years ago, almost six years ago. Let me take that back because she'll go, you forgot our anniversary. Our anniversary is September 26th. I know this don't right here. <laughs> but you can see with the difference from where we were six years ago to where yeah. we are now. Yeah. There is a huge yeah. it's night improvement. And day. It's not something that just me and her can see. Mm -hmm. It's people that have spent time with us. Yeah. Just like you can tell the people that spend time with Jesus. Yeah. It affects things. Like you can literally <laughs> look at pictures of Paul and Jade and of myself and George, like back at the beginning and look at pictures of us now. And it's totally mm -hmm. like you can literally see the tangible love of God. Mm -hmm. And that's because it's a reality and not just something we're saying exists. But you've got to put God's ways into practice. Mm -hmm. You've got to. And this is, this is, which is really good on the next point that he, he had given me. And it was a purifying love, which goes hand in hand with that sanctifying. Yeah. All right, so to purify means to remove contaminants from, to extract something from, make ceremonial clean. That's huge. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that? So when I was sitting there, I was like, well, I need, I need some examples. Like, I understand, you know, the word, and then that's what he, he's like, it's a baptism in the word. Mm -hmm. The word is holy. Mm -hmm. So when we fully submerge ourselves in something so pure, it cleans our thoughts, our actions, and our appearance. Yeah. This is a vital part of trying to be a leader. Yeah. It's a vital part in that leadership role that you have been called to step into. Yep. We can't lead, lead the way we're called if we're yeah. not doing the way Jesus did. Yeah. He never did or said anything that he didn't hear the father do or say. See that again. Mm -hmm. He didn't do or say anything, anything that he didn't see. All right. 
So Jesus is the word. So when we fill ourselves with that word, guess what? We're doing the things and acting out the things that he did and said. Right. All right. So if she's subject to submit, that means we've got to lead. Yeah. We have to lead. And that's not, you can't, don't, don't lead in a bad way because that will not get no. you where you need to be. That will, nope. that will cause problems. It is important. The word tells you exactly how to lead. Yeah. You got to grow in holiness. Yep. You and your spouse. Yep. Not just, not just you, nope. not just your spouse, you and your spouse. Yep. You can't lead where you've never been or you refuse to go. There you go. That's it. Growth yep. without change is impossible. Yep. You have to purpose yourself to do this. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do it for you. You got to do it yourself. Yep. He's shown you the way. Now you got to walk that way. That's the choice he gave you. You got to identify your sins and put them to death. Put them down. We've got to lead the way the word tells. And this is a big one because I've really gotten this in the past couple of weeks. You've got to lead in love, your character, mm-hmm. but also you've got to lead in worship, yep. in your prayer, yep. your repentance, mm-hmm. your maturity. Worship is one of the ones that stuck out to me the, the most. And I've purposed myself like wholeheartedly these last two weeks that during worship, I'm going to give him everything I have. Mm-hmm. I have received more in the worship part of the services in the last two weeks than I ever have. Mm-hmm. More than what I've received during the service. Yep. But it's because I've intentionally said, you know what, I'm not letting nothing distract me. Yeah. I'm not letting my spouse distract me right now. I'm not letting the kids that's back here, nothing's going to distract me. Yeah. He's ministered more to me during those worship services than ever, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, now, the other week, we're driving in the truck. My son, who's seen during prayer time, who we made sure that during prayer time, there's no more playing in prayer time anymore. They're going to they're gonna sit in here with us. They're going to watch their mother and their father step into prayer so then they can learn by the example. Mm-hmm. So our son and our daughter seeing us step into this. My daughter sprained her ankle. Two years old, about to be three. First thing he did, put his hands on her ankle in Jesus' name. Three years old. Daughter prays for her kids on the playground. Why? Because they've seen us do this. So once again, something that's not just for you and your spouse. It affects everything that you're involved with. My son the other day in the truck, song goes off singing the hallelujah song, going down to the river. Why? He has seen his dad and his mother purpose herself in worship, and now... He does it. Yep. He's seen over the course of time how we, before we eat, we bless the food. He used to fight it. Now, the past couple of nights, my daughter's been in summer camp, so my wife picks her up on her way home from work. So by the time they get home, dinner's already on the table. And usually with him being three years old and a growing boy, he's not going to wait 15 minutes for mom to get home. So put the food on the, on the table and everything. He's sitting in his chair. We bless the food. We bless the food yet? So now he's saying it with me instead of me forcing him to do right. it. He's asking, right. has it been blessed? It's an example. He's seen it. I've purposed, we've purposed ourselves to lead our household the way the word has told us to lead. And it, it's making huge effects because mm-hmm. now they don't grow up with that traditional mindset. Right. He grows up knowing how to lead. So whenever he hits that leadership role, he, it's already established. Yeah, He knows it's right here. It's already taught him, and he knows what it says and how to do it. Yeah. My daughter, when she gets to that age, which never going to happen, and guys start on a date, nope. she's going to look for the guy who leads according to this. She would if she was dating, but she's not she's going not to going date. To. So she's not going to. Even if out. she tries to. I've got guns. and works out. I've, We live in the country. Just saying. So, Her godparents have guns, too. That's oh. why it's, it's, in, it's important... To make sure you do that, and then you all, you also, you all, you all <laughs> strengthen her in growth and holiness. You got to help strengthen your your spouse too, because sometimes, like we said, there's areas that they might not be that strong in, that you are. Yeah. That's why it's important to do it together. Yeah. It's lifting your spouse up daily, no matter how much they have aggravated yeah. you that day. Yeah. 
you still need to lift them up daily. Yeah. It's rejoicing in God, or <clears throat> yeah, rejoicing in God for he they for what he's created. Like they've I've jumbled that all up. I I'm not a good sentence writer. <laughs> but it's it's rejoicing for him for what, what he's given you with yeah. your spouse. The strength that your spouse carries that you need daily. I, I go ahead and tell you, and it's not just one of those because everybody says it. I don't know where I would be with my wife. I tell people all the time, if I wouldn't have met my wife, <laughs> I would pro- me personally, I believe I would probably be in prison. I wasn't a very good person before yeah. her. So her being in my life and her having these different characteristics that I didn't have, caused me to change certain ways because I seen how she acted yeah. and I didn't want to let her down yeah. because I wanted the purpose of myself to be a, a part of her life. So, and that was before Jesus. So if we naturally have that concept and then we learn how to yeah. place that, that concept the way the word tells us to do, yep. oh man, things start changing. And yep. it's not just like Things change a little bit here and here. When you really start putting it in practice, it's like that snowball effect. It just starts rolling, and there's nothing that can stop it. Yep. Well, and husbands have such an integral role and an integral position. Like, the, the work of a husband is so important. And I, I know, I know, I know, I know that the position of a wife is also something that's combated because mm-hmm. I know for me, like re up until pretty much I got married. And like I said, a year into this, like I'd have heard this message and I'd have felt immediately jealous of husband gets to lead. Husband gets to make decisions. Husband mm-hmm. gets to sanctify. Husband gets to purify. Husband gets to do all that. Y- y'all, the wife has such an important role too. Yep. And Oftentimes, women end up leading because their husbands are sick of them nagging to lead. And a wife after, hey, why are you making the, hey, mm-hmm. why are you doing, oftentimes a husband will just shut up and be like, go ahead, you go do it mm-hmm. because it's easier than fighting. And we need to, like, I can speak to, I can't speak to husbands as much, but I can speak to wives. Like, wives, our job in supporting, like, the authority of a husband, it's vital. And your role is vital. You're not less, Mm-mm. but you don't need to be your husband. Like I exactly, you're called like, to be somebody. Like you read through Proverbs 31 when it talks about like the Proverbs 31 woman. Like that woman is a power house. Mm-hmm. She rules her house. She gets it ready. She goes out into the marketplace and handles work for her husband. She speaks for her husband. She represents her husband. Mm-hmm. Like she leads her family. She she goes to work herself. Like she's got a role and a responsibility. And it says that like a, a husband who finds a wife finds a good thing. Yep. It's not a little thing to be a wife. To be a wife is so important. And it doesn't less in your calling like look at pastor nicole mm-hmm. um pastor nicole is a powerhouse she is number one she's part of the fivefold ministry she's called mm-hmm. on her own like god has anointed her to be a pastor mm-hmm. her not just pastor brian her she has a calling she is a wife and a phenomenal wife i don't know a wife that is better than pastor nicole she is my example she mm-hmm. is who i look to she's who i hope to become in my marriage because she serves her husband with honor yep. she raises she has raised three of her own children that she's born to love and revere the Lord like she's Mm -hmm. a phenomenal mother and her children genuinely pursue the heart of God Mm -hmm. not only that she's raised up the body of Christ at boomerang to help like she's a spiritual mom she goes to work she carries out a job she counsels in the meantime Mm -hmm. she handles her the affairs of not just her but pastor while he's gone like she Mm -hmm. rules she leads she does amazing but she doesn't step outside of her position She knows that her role is to be a support. And because she's humbled herself to that, God has given to her so that she can be used in the body of Mm -hmm. Christ as a whole. But if she had fought it and was like, pastor's not the Mm -hmm. only pastor in this house. I'm a pastor too. Who do you think I am? I'm -hmm. a pastor. Like, no, she submits. And because she submits, she's phenomenally anointed. 
Wives, your role is so important. Don't discredit what God has given you because if God gives it to you, if he has made you to be a wife, it's a good gift yep. for a good purpose and your husband has a calling too. And guess what? Your callings go together. Yep. It's not separate. It's not like I have a call, George has a call and we're on separate tracks. We just live in the same house. Our calls are together mm -hmm. entwined. And so when I support him, I'm supporting me. When he supports me, he's supporting himself. You're one. You're not, you're one. You're one. You're, you're one. You're only ah. as powerful. <laughs> you're only as powerful as your, your spouse is. Yeah. Because look at it this way. If, if I'm moving in power and I'm constantly leading, I'm constantly pushing yeah. and I'm carrying the power source. Eventually there's going to be time where I start getting weakened. I start getting beat down. I start getting tired. Well, guess get what? Filled up too. If your spouse isn't that powerhouse, yeah. then the whole your whole ministry or your whole household slows down. Yeah. So that's why it's important for your spouse to grow with you at that same level, walk in that same level of power. Yep. So when you start feeling like you're getting a little tired, guess what? The train don't stop moving because the, she, they know their role right. and step and say, now let me push. Let me push. You take a break for a minute. Let me start pushing. Yeah. That's why it's so important. And yeah. understand that your spouse is just as powerful as you, yeah. you are. Wives, you're just as strong as your husband yeah. is. Husbands, you're just as strong as your wife is. So if you feel like you're not strong, then you need to look and check and say, hey, where, can, where can I help my wife out to help raise her up? Wives, where can I help my husband to raise up to another yeah. level? That's why you should be encouraged to help grow the yeah. other because you can't grow until the other grows. Yep. You're not going to do anything powerful till the other one comes up. So that's yep. why you need to purpose yourself that how can I shed love into this and pull that, pull that gift out? Yeah. How can I do this? Sharpen each other. Keep, you got to push with each other. And that's, that's this yep. next point with, with the, the gospel. It's, it's walking in the word, mm -hmm. walking in the word daily. Mm -hmm. It's talking in the word. It's loving through the word. It's praying with your spouse. Yes. It is reading the word with your spouse. Yep. It is growing with your spouse. Yep. Praying with your spouse. Mm -hmm. Example, I'm a very loud person. I'm a very bold person. My wife has more of that timid characteristic. She's quiet. She likes to play the back burner role. Past two Sunday mornings during prayer, my wife has been one of the louder ones in the prayer service. Why? It's because I, that's something I'm strong in with my voice. Yeah. She's leaning on that and she's growing in that. Yeah. She, I stumble over my words sometimes and sound like an idiot. Y'all have seen this. She pauses, waits for the words to be given to her and then goes. So now I've learned instead of stumbling over words and looking like a moron, pause, let's pray in the Holy Spirit. Let him fill in the void. So now it's taken my prayer up to another level. Her prayer has risen to another level. So now our household's prayer is going up, which now gives us more power. Mm -hmm. More power to pull those manifestations into play that we're called to walk in. Yeah. Knowing the word and with each other, reading the word with each other, goes right there with praying with each other. Because now you have the scriptures in your, both of your heads to back and apply into your prayer. Because the scripture is true. So when you involve that into your prayer and you call that, you're praying something out and you have the scripture to back up. Yeah. Guess what? You're not going to make him a liar. And he's like, okay, well, that's true. I said that. Here it goes. Yep. So now your whole life has changed. Your, yeah. your whole household's ro risen up. People in the workplaces see that and they want, what are you doing? Right. I know you just, I've, I've, I know where you, you get the same pay I am. How come you're walking and you're not worried about paying right. for such and such as lunch or did it? What's different? Yeah. Well, then, well, I'll show you. The, the word says this. So what I did is I, I put my faith on the word and I activated it. I asked for it. He says, you know what? I said that. Here you go. Yeah. Now that person's life has changed. Now you just, you just helped shed the, the, that poverty yeah. on them. Yeah. You've helped break that bondage off of them and take them to another level. Yeah which ultimately takes you to another level. Yep. Well, it's not a competition. Marriage is not a competition. No. It's not about who's more annoying. Like, 
in the body. It's not about who's more anointed, who carries them. It's teamwork. Mm -hmm. I literally had the phrase teamwork makes the dream work pop into my head. And I'm so sorry for everybody, but that's what truly like, that's what, uh, I, I make fun of this saying a lot, but Holy spirit just gave it to like teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> Like it does. God's given your family a dream and a destiny. And when you're competing against each other and trying to one up each other and prove I'm worthy to be your wife, I'm worthy to be your husband, like I'm strong, I'm mighty, whatever it is, you're not working together. You're competing mm -mm. against each other. Mm -hmm. But when you recognize your partnership and you pursue God together, like um, it's a three-legged race. It is. Like, I, I tell you, like, <laughs> Jade and I both going to Dr. Rodney's was phenomenal. Like, I wouldn't have changed it. It was amazing and powerful, and she was the right person to go with me, and it was right on time. Like, amazing. Mm -hmm. However, there is nothing like being in a meeting with George. Like, there's nothing better to me than being under the anointing with my husband and watching us together mm -hmm. receive an impartation from God. Like last night, um, often here at the church, like George, um, at this time he's, uh, over our security team. So he'll sit in the back, kind of like in the head security position. So it's not every service that we get to sit together. But last night, um, we were at a meeting in South Carolina and during worship, like it blessed me so much. Cause I look over and George's hands are raised and George, again, like Paul and I are more similar than George and I are in how we express ourselves. George's uh, more reserved, but here he is like sitting there, like standing there with his hands raised, worshiping, like, and it blessed me so much because I knew my husband and I are together pursuing the things of God and what I receive, he receives. And I received a lot last night and he received a lot last night. Like there is nothing sweeter or, or, or better than going after God with your spouse, mm -hmm. serving with your spouse, ministering with your spouse. Paul and Jade get the privilege of leading a life group and they lead it together. Mm -hmm. And they it's so cool to watch them because they're different, but they'll use their giftings mm -hmm. together in that body. And they get to shepherd the people who are in their life groups together as shepherds. And as they pursue the Lord, others mm -hmm. are pursuing with them. Like it's it's mm -hmm. beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. That's why it's, it's, it's important to understand your spouse's mm -hmm. importance. Mm -hmm. That's why that when your spouse is God's first. Yeah. So if you are, look at it this way, if you are hindering or putting their growth on the back burner, right. you have put yourself in opposition. Right with what God's calling them to do. Yep. No matter how much you're walking in, that is not a position to put yourself in. Yep. 